When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. It happened. Kyrie Irving stays with the Brooklyn Nets for at least another year as he opts in. It's Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. I'm Alan Hahn in for Max. And I, I, I think it's fair to say he's in for this year, but we don't know what's beyond. And I guess that's the bigger question now about the Nets is this is an all-in year for for all the marbles. It has to be because if they have another year where it doesn't get done, where they can't not just get to a conference final, not just get to an NBA finals, win a championship. For Brooklyn, this is basically now everything you put into these two guys and building this team the way you built it comes down to the pressure of winning right now. And they're not the only team in New York – that has that pressure. But, Jay Key, I feel like we're going to watch this coming year in the NBA, the Brooklyn Nets, and watch them closely and see if they don't get it done this year, what happens next. If they don't get it done this year, if they don't get it done this year, you can't keep running that back. At some point, you're going to have to, you're going to, have to move in another direction. Yeah. But a lot yeah, depends it, on what happens, though, Key. Like, you know, did they get to a conference finals? Were they a possession away? You know how do, how does Ben Simmons look? I, I, I think to I think to rule out the fact that they could run it back for two years is, is like I, I wouldn't do that. Like I no, think the there's a the two year window. I, the reason I'm doing it is because it's been beyond two years. Even though they haven't been on the court together and people have been in and out of lineups and hurt and stuff like that, right. at some point it ain't gonna work. I mean, if you go back and you look at the history. Of their short history over the last six or seven years in the NBA, they call it go back to ten years in the NBA. You only can take it so far with a certain cast, right? Golden State won their championship, so you can continue to run that. But if you go and you look at Houston, how did that work out? They eventually that thing went and unraveled real quickly. Then you take a look at uh, the Clippers in Lob City. They ran that thing for how long? Six years, and then all of a sudden it was like you know what? It's just not. This is not going to work for us. And I think that this is the same thing with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Nim. If you don't get the championship this year, you can't keep saying, oh, well, you know, let's do it again. Mm -hmm. Because you get a little bit older and teams get a little bit better. Other teams get better. No, I I hear what you're saying, but let's actually run it back. So the first year when KD came, like they were in the bubble, nobody played, right? There was a lot of drama around that. The second year they come back, uh, you talk about Kyrie goes down. Uh, James Harden is hurt. KD is a half a shoe away from them beating the Milwaukee Bucks in the second round who get already to the world championship and win one. Mm-hmm. And, and then, obviously, this year with KD and Kyrie, the pandemic, and not playing the amount of games. But, like, realistically, guys. What? Look, though, Jay. What? You gave all these scenarios. The same thing. It's up every year. So, at some point, you're going to have to cut bait. All I'm saying, man, is a lot depends upon this year. You're, if Kyrie, right, that's, if, what I, if, that's what I said. It's Everything yeah, is on this year, yeah, but, and the, the history that you just correctly outlined 
suggests it's not going to work. Like, it all that's has what, to come that's together. That's what I'm saying. Right. That's what, Key, and I, that's what I'm saying. Like, everything that Jay pointed out is leading to what Key is saying, is that if it doesn't work at some point, whether it's February at the trade deadline or whether it's after the playoffs, and if they don't get there, you have to now, as Sean Marks, Joe Sy, and the Brooklyn Nets, say to yourself, I have a 34-year-old now, Kevin Durant, who is yes. still under contract that probably will have great value in the open market as a trade piece, and then Kyrie walks into free agency, and then you've got to do a massive rebuild. So you're telling me if this team loses in the Eastern Conference Finals, you're going to blow it up? If I didn't lose, say they, I'm going to blow it up. I'm saying what do you do? Well, that, it all well, depends on how you get there, though. What does it look like well, when that, you get that's, there? That's what, that, that's what my whole point was, though, Alan. That's exactly what I laid out before I went into the history of the last three years. It depends on what it looks but, like. But if but, you get to an Eastern Conference Finals and you lose in Game 6 or Game 7 and you feel like you're on the verge, you don't blow that on up. On the verge, 34-year-old we'll Kevin Durant on the verge? If, if Kevin Durant now you've got to pay Kyrie. But LeBron but James is 37 years old playing at an MVP level. You're telling me Kevin Durant can't play at a high level? But LeBron, years old? James, but LeBron James won a championship when he got to L.A. in his second year. Understood. Yeah. So, so you go say that that championship gets you some more years. It's not that Kevin Durant won't be great at 38, 39, 50. He's their it's best not, player. It, it's not that. It just may be simply that but it's I, time to break it up because it doesn't it, – good into it. Okay. When they start this season, Jay, is their goal to get to the Eastern Conference Finals? No, their goal is to win the whole thing. It's that's always the goal. Goal. That's the, that, I, the goal I, is to win it all. I understand. And if they that, don't do it, you got to start to look at why. You can look at it. You can look at it. All I'm saying to both you guys is if it looks right and they don't get there or something happens, mm-hmm. I'm not blowing that up. And Kyrie Irving is 30, 31 years old. So I would probably sign him. And if he plays 70 games – then that's something that you can still take to the market later if you don't think it works. Now You're you giving probably, me a lot of ifs. You're yeah, giving but, me a, so, like there's a lot of ifs. So, so, so look, so tell ahead. me what you do then, Alan. So if they don't get all the way there, what do you do? You break it up and you rebuild. Yeah. Well, that's a great maybe, question. So, so if you guys want to break it up, tell me what you do. Give me a uh, point. All right, don't you know say, what? It's it a up. great. It's a great question to ask Bobby Marks, who has been there, done that in a front office, and he'll he joins us actually right now. Or he has been NBA front office insider. Newly minted, added to the staff for another couple of years as well for his coverage on NBA stuff. Bobby, good morning. We're going to just throw you right into the water. What what do you do? As I know you just heard Jay talk about, what happens? I feel like this Nets thing now is tenuous at best because you have Kyrie for one year, and if things don't work out again for the reasons that we've seen in the last couple of years, that you face a very tough decision now with what you do with this current group. So, Bobby, what do you do? Well, I would say, Alan, they're in a better spot today than they were yesterday. <laughs> I think everybody is because if if, um, if Irving had declined that option and become a free agent, I mean, let's face it, Armageddon was coming, right? I mean, this thing would have been That's blown right. up big time and there would have been a massive rebuild here. So I think for Irving, we're going to play out the year. Maybe there is an extension during the season if both sides feel comfortable. Or he'll enter free agency as an unrestricted free agent. We don't know who will have money next year to spend. I think a lot of it, what happens is that it removes the the drama, at least for today and for tomorrow. And now it gives Sean Marks, their general manager, the focus to go. I mean, they got to build this bench out. I mean, there's two players on this bench here with Cam Thomas and um, Theron Sharp here. And 
that's going to be the focus here. But as I said, like at least for today, and I know, yeah, there's going to be a lot of uncertainty hanging over this Nets organization, especially when you've got a, a player on an, an all-star like Irving on an expiring contract. They haven't been able to reach an agreement. What happens when you get if you get off to a slow start, right? Four and ten, let's say. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot. There's a lot there. But as I say, the off season usually is the honeymoon. Right. Everybody's in the honeymoon. Everybody likes their roster until you start playing and until you, you know, suffer a little bit of adversity here. But um, that's going to be a big question that Brooklyn's going to have to face when we uh, when we get going towards uh, the regular season. Bobby, I I am curious because all the talk is going to be about Kyrie Irving coming back and opting in, getting his thirty six million dollars and him pairing with Kevin, uh, Kevin Durant. But, like, how do you see Ben Simmons yeah. fitting into this, right? Like, <laughs> we, we haven't talked about Ben Simmons enough yet because I think he is one of the key cogs that can create a, a lot of differentiators for this team, both offensively and most definitely on the defensive end. I think on paper, uh, I, I feel like I've been using it a lot on paper, um, <laughs> Simmons, Durant, Irving, um, Joe Harris, Seth Curry. I'd line that up, that fi- starting five with any team out there, there right? I mean, but everything will come down to health and how Simmons, is he going to play center? Um, you put shooters around these guys here. Um, that's that's the player that we don't talk about just because we haven't seen it. It almost feels like, Jay, like when – remember when Kawhi was out that whole year hmm. in San Antonio and we all forgot how great he was. Yeah. And then he goes – and I'm not putting Ben Simmons in Kawhi territory, but he goes to Toronto and we're like, man, this guy's pretty good, right? Mm-hmm. Like this guy's really good. So I think that's just another – added element here because when with uh, with Simmons and Joe Harris those are two guys that were not um were not on this uh, roster or were not on the court when they lost to Boston here but as i said a lot of the heavy lifting now has to go to towards fixing or or adding to this bench you know Bobby also i know it's something that i know Alan and i have spoken a lot about this year because i've heard this from multiple general managers and scouts and coaches around you know is this team really bought into their head coach? Now, I, I think they are, even though Kyrie Irving has made some statements in the past um, that have been a little bit awkward. But, like, how does the Steve Nash angle fit into all this? Because he is still yet to have his full roster at disposal, even though he is green as it relates to being a head coach in this league. Well, they're going to have to buy in if they haven't already here because, as you know, Jay, the one thing you don't want to do is make a coaching change in the middle of the year. Uh, rarely does it work. I mean, it it worked for us in, in New Jersey when when uh, Byron Scott was let go and Lawrence Frank came in, and um, you know, I think he won like 15 or 16 games in a row. But when you're when, if you make a change – in the middle of the year and you have an interim coach, it's, it's, that's a, that's a big challenge here. So you're right. I mean, Steve hasn't had the full complement of everybody either healthy, um, a full roster here. So, but he's going to be under the, under the watch, right? Just as we're scrutinizing Kyrie or KD or Ben Simmons, certainly when you enter what, this is year three, I believe of Steve Nash here and you've, you've lost in the second round, you get swept this past year. Um, he's certainly going to be under the watch. Bobby Marks joining us right now, our ESPN NBA front office insider on Keyshawn J. Will and Max. It's Alan Hahn in for Max. And Bobby, if we could talk about a front office again, the perspective that you would have to this. I'm watching everything unfold with the Nets, and I keep thinking to myself, this all started at the end of their season when Kyrie talked about how we have to manage the team. And Sean Marks then talked about how 
We need people who are all in full time, who are here with us all the time. And I felt like they were talking to each other through the media. Is this in a way for the Nets front office, Kyrie then accepting the opt-in and not ha- not making it any more of a headache and any more of a problem? Like you said, it's it's they're better off today than they were yesterday. Is this considered a win for Sean Marks? It's a considered a win because you have Irving back for at least a year. I mean, it would have been. A, I think it would have been a major loss for both sides if if this thing would have been broken up here. And I think from Brooklyn standpoint, I mean, it's a unique situation because rarely do. You know, I mean, you certainly would have probably seen some teams maybe cave in a little bit and give into what the demands were going to be, even if it was a, you know, we've talked about a four-year contract and maybe there's some contingencies in there. But I think when you look at it from, from Brooklyn's perspective, they're saying, you know what, you're a max player, but you're going to need to prove it to us. It's a, it's a rare audition for one year where Irving's going to have to audition for Brooklyn for that next contract, and he's going to have to audition for the other 29 teams as far as anyone out there looking to commit to him long term. Is this now a pal- Bobby, now ahead, that he's, I was going to say, now that he's stiffed the Lakers, <laughs> what are the Lakers going to do? Oh, Key, I feel like I was, uh, I was looking at their roster, and I felt like it was like I was in a time machine from last year. <laughs> right? I mean, look at it. I mean, this is what you're staring at. I think. The interesting thing will be Malik Monk, right? As, will he come back for that $6.5 million tax mid-level? That's your really your loan resource as far as what you add in free agency. This is not a great free agent class. The, the list of guards, I mean, you need shooters to surround your, your big guys. I think, I think the, the question for me is, is ownership and Rob Polinka willing to use Russell Westbrook in a trade that brings them back contracts that stretch into next year, or are you looking at the flexibility game going into next offseason? Because I think there are deals out there, but it will require you to take a player that maybe has two years left on his contract mm. or three years left on your contract, and it probably improves the roster here. But if you're looking at the flexibility game, then you're probably looking at the same roster coming back and basically adding guys to the veteran minimum exception. Bobby, with, with the idea that obviously everybody wants to win now, you know, when it comes to a team like the Lakers, you have LeBron at his age. The Nets want to win now. The Sixers, you know, you have the teams that are win now. But there's realities to this free agency, which it's not very deep. Just like the draft, you know, it wasn't going to be a draft of superstars, but of, you know, you can get really good quality and depth in the draft. I hear a lot about the 23 draft, but also going forward, is it, is it not a bad thing for a franchise to say we're going to punt this year? Because next year, things are going to be better when it comes to free agency availability and all that stuff. Like, for instance, for the Lakers, you don't want to burn another year of LeBron's career. But to get into something that, you know, now gives you a contract that is going to burden you for the next four years when if you just wait a year, it could be better. Do you see it that way? Are you forecasting maybe some teams might just want to hesitate or hit pause instead of making a bad deal this offseason? Well, I mean, the Lakers are just interesting just because he's got this extension that he's eligible to sign in August here, right? So he's probably going to use the next month to evaluate what this roster is going to be. It's, they're, a, they're a win-now team without a win-now roster. <laughs> I mean, that's the reality, right now at least. I mean, who, 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 who is that you say is eligible? LeBron? LeBron, knows? yeah, yeah. He's, yeah eligible. he's eligible. He's going to sign it. He yeah, so, that, sign it. so basically then that – basically ties up so now you've got ad and you've got lebron and you've got limited room next year to go out and and add players here so i think it's it's a fine line that you're going to walk in los angeles here because you are trying to show him that this roster is going to improve but you've got the limited resources at least right now 
to add players. Bobby Marks, well, he was ESPN. was the one that put the damn roster together. <laughs> Bobby Marks, <laughs> ESPN, NBA front office insider. Bobby, don't judge me for this comment, but I said it earlier, and I'm finding myself sticking with my guns here on this one, okay? Okay. I, I truly do believe if they are healthy, their biggest opponent is their health. But the Clippers, oh, to yeah. me, might be the slight favorites Next year. And Golden State championship contender. I get it. Stephen Curry, one of the greatest players the game has ever seen. Clay has played well. Jordan Poole. There's questions. We'll see how they handle things, even though I, we know Joe Lickups has a deep, deep pocketbook. He'll probably re-sign everybody. But if you look at Kawhi Leonard coming back and being healthy, Paul George, uh, you look at Norman Powell, you look at you know a, a lot, Terrence Mann, uh, Reggie Jackson, them signing John Wall that can come off the bench. You, am I off with that comment? About this team? No, I mean they're deep. I mean we haven't even talked about uh, Marcus Morris, right? Uh, likely Nick Batum comes back. I think you need you probably need a, a backup five uh, there, but they are their second unit here is Luke Kennard. Yeah, that to that. I mean you don't even realize that John Wall's only thirty one years old, and Ty Lue is a head coach, and, and Bobby, Ty, and a great coach there. He's only played uh, you know with with Wall seventy two games in four seasons. So you know he's going to be refreshed. He looks right? forty two though. I, like he, well, <laughs> that's like, he does. Like it, he's got to sh- like clean up, man. Tighten up. He looks older than you just said. That. I'm like I cannot believe he's that young. But you, come on, doesn't he look older than that? But you know he'll have fresh legs, right? <laughs> he hasn't played two out of the last four seasons here. But Jay, so. but Jay, you're right. I mean, on paper, when you at, I mean Kawhi, we didn't see Kawhi last year. We saw half of Paul George. You had John Wall, Reggie Jackson to this group. It's a deep, it's a deep lineup. It's a deep roster, and you know you have an owner that will go out and and, and spend. Right? There's no question there. It is. It is. You know. I know that doesn't make Keyshawn no, happy. No, no, no. I was going to say. <laughs> no. I wanted you to just say, well, they're definitely the best team in L.A. No, like, I, I was won't hoping you there. would just put that out there. Laker, Laker fans. Laker fans already don't like me, so I don't want to go there. Why is no, that a they've common been theme? Screaming there for a while. <laughs> It seems to be a common thing, theme among our, our NBA people here because Tim Bontem said the same thing. So it's just, but it is certainly the reality of the Laker roster. It is clearly that. Bobby, let me ask you uh, just about some free agency questions coming up as obviously sure. later this week now uh, we'll see potentially some movement. The top tier free agents, Kyrie's now off the table, but Bradley Beal could sign an extension. Could you see him testing the waters or is he, do you feel like Washington's going to give him every dollar that he is owed because it's important for them to keep him. Yeah, I think with Beal, it's it's kind of similar to Kyrie because of the market, right? So if he, you know, he's eligible, if he opts out for, I think, five for 250, Yes, I think they'll just give him a blank check and then we'll just figure it out a year from now if uh, if he's not happy and go from there. It's it's the opt-out scenario becomes a lot more challenging as, as we saw with Kyrie. A, there's not many teams with cap space, um, Beal is not going to go to a rebuilding team like Detroit, um, and then you add, you know, the you know the hard cap element that we've talked mm-hmm. about at length here. So, and even like, you know, I've I've heard like, you know, maybe Miami, for Miami, it's very hard to put together, you know, the money to get to a deal as far as him, whether it be Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero. I don't think um, you know Kyle Lowry would be any interest to to um, to to the uh, to the Wizards here. So I would say yes. Like I would say him likely opting out by tomorrow and then signing a new uh, a new contract. That just probably makes sense from both sides. Bobby, I, I talked to a lot of agents who have gone through situations similar with their players, and for me, the strategy has always been: look, that that's life changing money. 
$250 million guaranteed. You sign that deal, and if within a couple of years things are going right or if you know that organization is no longer accountable by surrounding you with the right pieces, you force their hand and you, you try to say, hey, now I want to demand a trade. With that being said, do you see with the, the new CBA coming up in 2023, 2024, Adam Silver trying to change that amendment by saying, hey, look, if you get a Supermax, if you demand a trade within that juncture of that Supermax deal time, you forego the Supermax money because players are talking about it and it's a strategy agents actually have. Yeah, I think there'll be there'll certainly be discussions just because we've seen it with, I think, the Ben Simmons situation last year in Philly. Um, is probably example A here. I think on the other side, though, if you're a team, you're looking at it, well, wait a minute, I, at least I'm going to be able to recoup something for him instead of him just leaving for nothing, right? Mm. A team like, um, give me an example, let's say Donovan Mitchell had gone into free agency and signed somewhere else. I know he was restricted, but at least the, the Jazz can say a year from now or two years from now, well, we've got, we got four draft picks, and we got two young players for Donovan Mitchell, and we, we, we couldn't have gotten anything for him if he just walked into free agency. So I think there is a, a discussion to be had, but I think if, for me on a team side, yeah, it's uncomfortable for a player ask out, but it's better than nothing as far as him just going you know, to sign somewhere else for, for free. Bobby, Jalen Brunson at four years at $100 million, is that good value? That's rich. That's rich money. I mean, that puts you up in the echelon of top point guards here. And, um, you know, that's that will be New York's probably big free agent play if that's going to be it. I think Dallas is going to be very fascinating because what is the walk away number for them? Right. If you're the if you're the Mavericks, what number do you walk away from? Because, you know, it, it's I mean, guys, it's going to cost basically Jalen Brunson is going to be like a hundred million dollar player for one year in Dallas because of their finances here. But at the other end, you don't re, you can't replace him and have another guard just step in next to Luca. There is to, to me like this that's why I look at the like look at this year. And I mentioned Brunson as a player. I wouldn't consider that a top tier, but Zach Levine, you expect him to stay, yes? I do. I think it's right? just a matter of what the, the length and contract's going to be and if all five years are, are fully guaranteed. I mean, oh, well, that's true, too. It's just looking at the names, that's why it's like in the NFL. It's whoever the next quarterback up is, you're going to get the most money because you're just the next one. Like, that's just how this works. And in a summer like this where so many guys are either going to opt in or re-sign with their own teams or whatever it is, like, whoever is free and a team has money – you're going to get paid, and that's I think going to be the story of Jalen. Allen, Allen, I've looked at this 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 free agent list like five times a day. It doesn't yeah. get better each day. I think it gets worse each day. <laughs> the restricted free agents will be the big thing. Aiton and, and Miles Bridges, yes. those will be the guys to keep an eye on. Yeah, that'll be definitely be interesting. Bobby, great to talk to you Thanks, as always. Guys. Thanks so much. All right, Bobby Marks, our ESPN front office insider. We want you to tune into the ESPN Daily Podcast. It brings you a deep dive into a single story from one of ESPN's hundreds of reporters presented by Supercuts. Download, subscribe, and review ESPN Daily, available wherever you enjoy your podcast. Coming up, a complete disaster for one NFL franchise. What are we talking about? We'll tell you next on ESPN Radio and Sirius XM, Channel 80. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about Electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. 
Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Keyshawn, J. Will, Max, presented by Progressive Insurance. Alan Hahn in with the guys today. And more NFL talk here because it's never, it's never ever too early to really mock the next draft, right? Like to just start talking about the NFL draft and potential and its hope and optimism, and everything else. And Matt Miller, who joins us right now, our ESPN NFL Daily uh, Draft Analyst, his 23 mock drafts available right now on ESPN.com, exclusively on ESPN+. And Matt, it's the hope, it's the optimism, it's all that. But I begin with this. You have the Jets taking Will Anderson Jr. from Alabama with the first pick of the draft. And I look at that and I go, wait, what? The Jets have the number one pick? Let's start there. If the Jets have the number one pick, Matt, and good, and good morning, by the way, uh, wouldn't things have gone so poorly that maybe they would need a quarterback there at number one? Hey, good morning, guys. Uh, I think first and foremost, I'm going to throw someone under the bus to start my interview with you guys. So the draft order is based on the, the ESPN football power index. I don't personally think the Jets are the worst team in football. I know, I know you guys got a big Jets fan listener base, so hold up real quick. But I do think – there, Alan, there are some. I think there would be some consideration for a quarterback. I think it's more so if Joe Douglas is saying, "Hey, we're we're scrapping the Zach Wilson plan." You're almost scrapping the Joe Douglas plan because he's put so much into this. And and as I wrote in the mock draft, this is a front office that has been patient. Look what they've done with Mackay Becton. Mm-hmm. He played one game last year. Couldn't get back on the field. They were frustrated. They were upset. There were some things said in you know in front of the camera and behind the camera about him. And they still didn't take a left tackle with two picks in the top ten. So I think they've shown themselves to be patient, and when they believe in someone to build around them. So could they, you know, say, "Hey, we need a quarterback in here. We need a CJ Stroud." Absolutely. But I think headed into year three with Zach Wilson, you're probably having more of the conversation of let's try to build the team around him so that that we we can maybe have a better evaluation of what he is. Yeah, they certainly could not at all even sniff a quarterback into year four. Um, it would be a disaster, biggest disaster in New York Jet history if they took a quarterback at two and two years later turned around and took a guy at number one overall just because 
Zach Wilson hasn't had a full season of football. Last year, he didn't even play a full season. So it would be a, a, mm-hmm. a huge mistake. And they could be picking number one overall and have nothing really to do with the quarterback position. Just maybe the defense is bad or maybe, the, you know, the running game is so bad that they just got stuffed in, jo- in, in Wilson. Zach Wilson had a great season, but they just are a bad team. Keisha, it's a lot like when the, the Bengals picked Joe Burrow, right, and, and- – and then the next year they're drafting a five. I, I mean, obviously there's an injury there, but it'd be like people saying, well, I mean, they're still picking in the top five after they drafted Joe Burrow. Maybe they move on. I think Josh Rosen has ruined us on this where we think, okay, young quarterback, team's still drafting early, they got to move on. And the, the really what, what you have to do as a front office is evaluate your guy against those guys. And, and like you said, is it his fault we're drafting in number one or in the top ten again? And and you see that throughout this mock draft. You know, the Bears drafting at two. Do they move on from Justin Fields? And I, I know this is a question I'm going to get asked a lot today. Uh, I still believe in Zach Wilson. I still believe in Justin Fields. Now, in ten months, it, it could be a different story. I think that's what makes this fun is kind of tracking the progress of not only the prospects but also the young players that can make that an area of need or not. Uh, you know, before we continue with the mock, though, just to finish the uh, put a bow on the Jet conversation here with them. Okay, so you explain it's about the power ranking, so that's why the Jets are at number one. You're not trying to, to tell me that they're going to be really bad this year. But just in case, though, out of curiosity, key, if you're not moving on, because Key's saying you don't move on from Zach Wilson, but if they if they do end up with the number one pick in the draft, would that mean the end of Robert Sala? No, I don't think so because Robert Sala is tied to Joe Douglas, who's tied to Zach Wilson. They all are a package deal in this situation. Yep. If one goes, they all go, in my opinion. I'm with you. I think that's that's very much the same thing. It's, this is a group right now, and it, if one if one goes, I think they probably all go down together. All right. Well, the story of of every draft is, is is actually not really this year, but most drafts are about the quarterbacks, and this is going to be a draft that will have some interesting names at the quarterback position in your mock draft, but I noticed that you have C.J. Stroud going first off the board instead of Bryce Young. Why? Size. Size matters. It really yes. does. Stroud 6'3", 215, with an arm that opens up the field. Bryce Young is listed at six foot one ninety. If he's listed at six foot one ninety, he's probably like 5'10", 180. And so he does have some time to gain some weight. My biggest concern with Bryce Young is that he is a shorter, skinny quarterback. We've seen short quarterbacks. Kyler Murray... Baker Mayfield, Drew Brees, they were all close to that 220 range. I don't want to put 30 pounds on Bryce Young. I don't know if that's good for his frame. So size is going to be the biggest thing. He plays the position like a point guard. It's beautiful the way he distributes the ball, but that size is going to be a big question. You thought we talked a lot about Kenny Pickett's hand last year. Bryce Young's weight and height are going to be talked about just as much. Yeah, Matt, yeah, and, actually, and, and, Matt, I actually wonder, too, like when the combine comes around, he actually goes for the official height, like what that actually is. We all know how it is in mm-hmm. college where you bump it up just a little bit. I am curious, though, what is the best comp for C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young? Yeah, I think for C.J. Stroud, it's Justin Herbert. And obviously, Justin's a little bit bigger. But I want to take this back to where Justin was at Oregon. When you saw the arm strength and you were like, gosh, I wish this guy ran a little bit more. You know, we want to see him use some of that escapability and mobility. He was coached not to do it. He goes to the Chargers, starts running around making plays. I think C.J. Stroud's very similar, and I would like to see him use his legs to set up the pass a little bit more. Uh, for Bryce Young, it's tough finding a comp for him. I think Kyler Murray's probably the best one, but, I mean, I'm going to be using basketball comps. Like, I'm going to be saying Allen Iverson and stuff for Bryce mm. Young because he's just so small, but he plays the position with toughness. He's got excellent field vision. 
there's just not really a precedent for someone his size being drafted. You know, and I, and you look at Bryce Young's, he's slight, shoulders are narrow. He's long but very, very rail thin. You probably get can't get a buck 90 soaking wet on a rainy day out of him. And that's a problem <laughs> in the National Football League. A lot of people think because he's having success in the SEC that it'll transfer to the NFL. And that's not the case. Kyler Murray's situation was perfect. He went from an air raid system in college to an air raid system in the pros with basically the same sort of coaching. He had nothing to change. They run a pro-style system at Alabama, a little bit different. So it'll be funny to see and curious to see what people think about him when draft time comes out. Yeah, and if he gets knocked for having all those great wide receivers around him, because I, I can tell you that's already a question of front offices. Is well, look at look at what he has around him, and if and if you're drafted by you know the Atlanta Falcons next year, you're not going to have that around you. You know, if you're drafted by you know a team that's struggling, the Houston Texans maybe you're not going to have those wide receivers around you that you've had at Alabama. So that and that the same will be said for C.J. Stratt, who has a fantastic receiver in Jackson Smith and Jigba. And has had, you know, a, a run of guys in Ohio State. Marvin, Marvin Harrison Jr. is a stud as well. So these quarterbacks, the top guys this year, they don't lack for, for weapons around them right now. Matt, we only have about 30 seconds, but I'm curious. The Giants taking Tyler Van Dyke at 10. What about his game would be a good fit for what Brian Dable wants to do in New York? You know, I think it's going to be the downfield passing game, Jay. Uh, I've seen a lot of what they do with Josh Allen. Now, Van Dyke does not have Josh's. You know, strength as a runner, he doesn't quite have that mobility, but he does have that downfield uh, kind of mentality. I'm so excited to see what Mario Cristobal does with him if Tyler can take that next step because the flashes last year were really, really impressive. The 2023 mock draft that Matt Miller has right now exclusively on ESPN+. Plus. It's available. Go to ESPN.com and find it. And if you're a Jets fan, don't worry. Just because the Jets are picking first, as he explained, has nothing to do with a projection. It's just right now the power rank. Matt, thanks so much. Thanks a lot, Matt. All right, Matt. Appreciate you guys. Thanks, guys. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, doesn't want to start their day with a fresh hot waffle tonight la quinta tomorrow you shine book direct at lq.com the Keyshawn j will and max podcast Keyshawn j will max allen hunt in for max all right guys um we talked to tim bontemps earlier in the show and we were going over some names about free agency and maybe some moves this summer and one name i asked him about was donovan mitchell and he said he doesn't see any movement at all from the utah jazz Am I crazy, though, as I'm seeing Donovan Mitchell, who's from New York, he lives in New York, he's spending a lot of time in New York, and people in the Knicks organization got very excited, or Knicks fans, I should say, not the organization, but the fans got very excited about something that happened on Saturday night, which was all over social media. 
which was Donovan Mitchell and Emmanuel Quickly, the young guard on the Nick roster, spending time together. Actually, I think they went to dinner together in the city. I always believe where there's smoke, there's fire. He also posted something about Let Me Go, a song that he put on his IG. There's been some talk about how he's not really thrilled with the direction of the Utah Jazz. They move on from their coach. Is there no smoke here at all? Is there no fire here at all? I mean, so, like, this is where I get frustrated with it. It, it, And I I get it, Alan, but it's, you know, I I stopped by the gym the other day and LeBron was working out with Donovan Mitchell and there was a picture taken and every Laker fan's like, oh, is there a chance if it was Donovan Mitchell – you know, in Miami for Chris Brickley's birthday, and he's with, with Jimmy, Jimmy Butler. Butler. You know, <laughs> what's that? What, it, this would be the right fit. So, for me, Donovan Mitchell is signed to a, a long-term deal with the Utah Jazz. I think there are a lot of moves that need to be made for him to figure out what the hell is happening in Utah before we start talking about him on all these different teams. Because if I'm Utah, I'm looking to move Rudy Gobert. And the reason why I brought D-Wade in as a part owner is to help build the right culture around Donovan Mitchell – and I know the Utah Jazz, they're, pri- they're trying to prioritize that first before you start talking about Donovan forcing your hand for a trade. Key, why doesn't this happen in the NFL? How is it only an NBA thing that if, if players from, from different teams are seen together in the offseason, that suddenly there's this thought of, what if they team up? What if they get together? You know, it just depends on what the contract situations are in the NFL. If a guy's a free agent or if a guy has, like, you know, contract issues and they seeing them working out, then, you know, that that's the case. But the contracts in the NFL are so locked down, it's not easy to move because of the hard salary cap. The NBA is a little bit a little bit different because you can move stuff around, guy takes less money here, more money there, you know, all that sort of stuff. In yep. the NFL it's not like that. So you Did just you don't ever- you don't really see it. You ever hang out with a quarterback in the offseason just just to cause a stir? Did you ever do that? No, but I've gone to training camps. Like, I've gone when Mike Riley was the coach of the Chargers, and he was my offensive coordinator in college. I went to the Chargers training camp because it started before ours, and everybody was like, oh, Keyshawn's going to come to Chargers. (laughs) Keyshawn, J. Will, Max, Alan Hahn, Inframax. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Want to be part of the conversation? You can get us on Twitter at KJ and Max. Also, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Both of you are former athletes. Both of you are former pros who are yes. now, who have been in this business for a long time on this side Very of the business. Very good at both. Yes. Okay. <laughs> both, no, both of you were accomplished <laughs> athletes, champions, and all that stuff. And No, very good at radio and TV, too. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Both, Alan. Both. Yes. Both. Both with an F. Oh, I'm sorry. There both. Go. We don't say both. We say both. <laughs> Nobody enunciates. However you here. say it. Well, I do. However you say it, <laughs> it's true. But it, it is it is a difficult transition when you do, though, go from being a player and then move into this side of it where you have to at times call players out, where you have to give a perspective, where sometimes you have to predict, this is what you do for a living. This is what you guys do for four hours a day on this show. But... We saw recently yes, a back-and-forth between Draymond Green and, and Kendrick Perkins, our colleague here at ESPN, that got real heated with Draymond calling out Perkins for what he says are hot takes that he doesn't need to do. And you know Draymond and his whole new media thing that he's been doing. And Perk got real upset about it and fired back in a video that he since deleted. Uh, but still, it's something that I think has caught a lot of our attention, and it's caused tension, I believe, 
What do I'd love to get both of your perspectives on this because you have the unique perspective of understanding what it's like to be Kendrick Perkins, somebody who has played, who has won, and is now on this side of the business. Key, let me begin with you. I'll go right ahead and jump into the alligator pit. Not a problem. I think that, one, Draymond Green, let me just say this. I'm, I'm disappointed in Draymond. I'm disappointed in Draymond for using a derogatory slur toward Perk. And Draymond knows better than this. And in the heat of the moment, he probably feels a certain way, and that's fine. But if you don't want other people using slurs toward you that are not black, you should probably apply that to yourself using it toward blacks. That's to, to start with. Another thing with Draymond, Draymond needs to understand if he wants to get in this business at the level, at the highest level, not the podcast, but I'm talking about the highest level, the basketball, the TNTs of the world. He is signed with TNT now. He's got to be able to understand you're not going to be able to protect everybody that played in the NBA. You can't do it. You're going to have to pick and choose, but you cannot say something uh, be afraid to say something about a former teammate. You can't be afraid to tell the truth. You can't be afraid to form an opinion. You you can't be afraid to do those things. And it may sound like, and I understand where Draymond is coming from, it may sound like that it's a hot take or disingenuine or whatever the case may be because you are a player right now. And when you're a player, things sound totally different than when you are actually on this side where we at. It just does. I mean, I you know, that's the reality of it. I'm disappointed in him, though, for coming at Perk that way. I, 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 and I think he probably looked back at it right now in retrospect and probably say the same thing because I'm sure many people have told him that already. Yeah, I hope so, Key, because if, if that's what being a part of the new media is about, I don't want no part of that, right? And – are we talking about basketball? Because if you're disagreeing with Perk's basketball takes, you have every right to disagree with his basketball takes. But when you question his blackness, which is what that word does, you know, that, that word stands for a guy who barely claims being black or doesn't like his own race. Like, you, you better watch your words very carefully because that's not a hot take anymore. And to me – Draymond Green is a very smart individual. He has a very high, high basketball IQ. But that was a very ignorant comment. And there is still a lot of evolving. And, Key, you make mention of what this, what this world is. We go on TV and radio talk for five hours daily. Daily. So it's one thing when you're on your pod for short four hours. Yes, with the five-hour with prep meeting, I see you in the camera. Yes, you know what I mean. <laughs> but when you go on your pod and that's selective, that's you know once every three or four days and you can pick and choose, it's a different kind of word. So that's my – there is a responsibility I feel, and Key, I know you feel this way too as, like, as black men, that like we are not supposed to perpetuate language – or stereotypes like that when we worked so hard for so long to combat that. And for me, that's what I was most disappointed about with Draymond Green the other day. Look, when you're young, sometimes you're young, you, you don't know, you're naive, you say things because somebody makes you mad that happens to be uh, the same race as you that's black, you may say something to them. But I don't see... 
perk in that way whatsoever. But I know people that sometimes you look at them and you say to yourself, do they identify what, what the reality of it is? The reality of it is you are a black man. And all black men are not going to take the same side that other black men are going to take or black women or or vice versa in other cultures. It just doesn't work that way. We all are different thinking individuals. And because Perk doesn't think like Draymond, Draymond doesn't have the right to be able to just call him the slur and think that everybody's going to be cool with it because I'm not going to be cool with it. I'm I'm. You know, Draymond is, I'm a fan of his, a big-time fan of his. He's really cool with me. Every time I see him, we embrace the whole deal. But I'm not going to support that type of behavior because, again, when you say stuff like that, you give people thinking that it's okay. You give white people, okay? You give other ethnicities the, the feeling that it's okay to say derogatory things toward blacks because one of the first things that will happen is, well, he said it. How come I can't say it? And and you get caught up in all those sort of things. Again, I hope that Draymond understands yeah. this, and I also hope that he somehow gets the message that I'm sending to him because that's basically what I'm doing. And, Alan, the last thing I'll say very quickly is mm-hmm. it's funny. You know, yesterday Perkins, Kendrick Perkins, was trending all over Twitter. There are articles all about his response. But that's why I wanted to bring this subject up today because it's not about the response. It's about – you know, the initial claim by Draymond that we have to be better at. Now, Perk has things he has to work on, too. He had every right to be angry. But that that initial, you know, open comment by Draymond, that deserves a lot of addressing and a lot of bringing down what that stereotype actually is. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.